Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Night Court. I am Rob Fisher alongside Brevin Knight as we are with you here in our studios outside. It's a little brisk. It's a little brisk, but uh, we're burying the elements and uh, bringing this program to you. We're strong. We're strong. strong. We, we, we layered up. Night Court strong is a uh, hashtag Night Court strong. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be talking some Grizzlies. Uh, we'll be talking some NBA. Uh, maybe a couple of other things we'll dive into as well. Who knows? Um, but we'll get into the a lot Giants of stuff. have won two weeks in a row. The Giants have won two we're, weeks. We're in not going to talk about that though. College football. Oh, it was rivalry week this weekend. Yes. That was fun. That was great. Iron Bowl was incredible. Unless you're an Auburn fan. Oh my lord. That was really cool. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, yeah. So all that stuff's going on. But uh, yeah, make sure uh, you you tune in. We do this uh, every week during the basketball season, and uh, we'll try to do it in the off season too. But it's usually not every week. <laughs> just to be honest. <laughs> But uh, full disclosure, yeah. Uh, but uh, even even through these hard times, and Brevin, uh, last time last week when we did the show, I was in good spirits. I felt like you know the Grizzlies had gone three and three in their previous six, and and, and were really fighting, and I was in good spirits. Uh, one week later, I'm I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out, man, because it's I I keep telling. Every time I tell myself it's still early, I know it's getting later. <laughs> <laughs> that clock is ticking. <laughs> yeah, every it's, game. It's another game, and it's like, ah! Right, and people are saying, well, again, it's getting a game closer to getting John Morant back, which we're, we are all excited for that moment. But we also don't – you can't for, forget that you have to play until John Morant gets back. And hopefully him getting back, you're still in a position for something to happen. And so I think why you've gone from – the positivity of last time of, well, we're only two games out of 10th, uh, and we had a three and three week. If we can do two more three and threes, then that, that, that holds us down until John Moran. So the problem is we started your first set off 0 and 4. Yeah. And now you look at the standings and you're behind by four and a half games. Yeah. And so. Quickly. Yeah. And that's, that's how quickly it can happen at this point. And, and no, you, just, you just hope that the guys can, can find a way to be able to just scratch and claw out some more victories. Brevin, a week ago when we talked, we were coming off that Boston game, which was a great game. Grizzlies lost that game, but it was a great game. Grizzlies played hard, played well, defended, scored. I mean, it was a, it was a really good basketball game, and it, it gave you hope thinking, okay, the fight that we're seeing from this team night in and night out is something that, you know, you play like you did against Boston, you're going to win a lot of games. Yep. This week, the Houston game started to get away at the end of the second quarter, got away completely in the third quarter. Uh, Phoenix game started to get away at the end of the second quarter, got away in the third quarter. The, what was the last one? Minnesota, Minnesota game, game. That one just kind of got away from you from, I mean, Minnesota was just really good from the get-go. Um, you were playing catch-up all night, but got away from you in the second half. It just... They, it hasn't it, – the losses haven't – the losses this week felt like yes. we're not a good team. Yes. This, these, were, these were tougher losses because we are – through the beginning parts, we always said there are only two games that they had really been blown out. Right. Utah and, and Utah L.A. Utah and L.A. Yep. And every other game, they were right there. It was just a matter of figuring out how to finish. And when they were able to win a couple, you're like, okay, they're, they, they're starting to figure out the finishing. They were giving themselves a chance. You start to wonder, if, are you exerting so much energy during those times to get to that point? 
do you have enough to turn the corner? It is it's getting to the point where uh, you're asking guys to do more, and then the doing more may be out of range of what you're capable of doing on a consistent basis. And I think that we just ran into that wall of the asking do more wasn't enough against the players that we were against the teams we were playing against. Right. So the combination of the two made it look like uh, these were tough. These were they were these were some of the tougher games that they had this season. And the one thing that I always said was you just don't want guys to get so uh, down by the, by the losses mm-hmm. that they're not able to give that maximum effort for the extended period of time that you saw before because what happens a little bit, you start to get into the here we go again mentality. And that's what you want to try to avoid as much as possible, uh, especially when you got young guys. Who, who's, who's that on to make sure the morale stays up? Is, is that on the coach to, to make sure the guys stay positive or is it yeah. on the guys themselves and to, to kind of lead themselves into that? Well, I think it's a combination. Um, but at the end of the day, it, all, it always starts with the coaches. In, in any way, it's kind of it's going to have to be uh, the example um, that they continue to set for them and how they're going to go to work. It's also going to be the adjustments that they make to, to try to make guys look as good as they can look. And if guys, then guys have to then buy into what they're trying to, to get done. So it's a combination of the two. But I think at this point for this team, it is trying to play with the deck that you have. You may have come into the season thinking you're going to play one way, but that can't happen because of all of the injuries and the guys that you have. So you, you have to adjust to what you have. And then from there, you, you, we're, we're still asking a lot from two guys. Yeah. And those two guys these last two games haven't been as exceptional as they were when the team had a chance to win games. And it just, it just speaks to the point of how much this team is reliant on how well Desmond and Jaron plays. And I, I, you hate to just put that on their shoulders, but it's the reality of where this game is, where the team is. is teams are going to game scheme against them. They still got to be good. Like that, they're, then the other guys didn't have to support them in being good. But if they're not good, this team can't win. Well, and you've said it before, and not just superstar players, but star players and great players, how hard it is to do it every night. That's why I don't give everybody that that label, bro. Right. Like we throw the star, the star and superstar word around so freely because a guy had one or two good years. Yeah. Like it, to be that level, you have to do it for a sustained, a sustained amount of time. To me, to be considered that, you have to, and under any circumstance, you still show up. That's what that's what stars do. It doesn't matter. You don't see stars. This is no knock against anybody. Stars have bad games, and bad games for stars are still 18, 19, 20 points. Somehow they figure out how to still affect the game right, free in that throws way. Throws or something. Something free throws. They may, it may be a night they took a lot of shots and mm-hmm. th- that enabled them to get to that point. But they do it, and it, when they're not feeling good, when they're feeling great, when they put two and three people, somehow they do it. That's when you give those guys that label. And that's why I don't. We've had this talk since we've been doing this podcast. Yep. I, in our game today, there are, to me, ten superstars. I give you ten. Ten. Maybe I maybe I get ten. I think you're going too high. You exactly. I'm trying to be nice. There's some people that are fringe, but we say out of all ten, then you got another group that are you got some star players, and then you got really good basketball players. And the thing is, so many people get so bent out of shape by if you think that about them, bro. It's 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 not a knock. You're still playing in the NBA. Right. You're still one of the best players to ever play the game. You're just not as good as him. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I'm I'm gonna jump around because I want to come back to that yep. in a moment. But I want to get back to the Grizzlies before we get too far away okay. from them. Okay. Yep. <laughs> get me get me excited. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. So so with all that being said, the last the last week felt like they were they're just they're not they're not as good as the teams that they're playing, and and it's a wide margin. It kind of felt that way. So 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 how do you change it? How I, how I mean. I, I go on Instagram live before the game on Grind City Media's Instagram live with Kelsey Wright Johnson and Lang Whitaker, and they always ask me, so what do you do to defend the Timberwolves better? Or what do you have to do tonight to win? And to me, it's, well, you have no margin of error. And you have to execute, have to be disciplined, game plan discipline, all that stuff that the coaches will tell you. I mean, you almost have to play perfect, and it's hard. That's that's really hard. So how how do how do you how do you win? Well, part of it is what you said. You you got, you got to play part harder than the other team. That margin for error is slim. And we said those two guys got to be good. Jaron has to he has to finish better going to the basket. He has to do a better job of being able to. They have to do a better job of creating easier shot opportunities for Jaron. Uh, defensively, he's done he's done a good job. He's going to continue to be that player. But this year they need him to be an offensive player. And so. To me, it is lessening the amount of dribbles he takes to be able to get a shot. And right now, he's just getting a shot. He's so much of his game is in one area of the floor, which is everything on the perimeter. Like, his getting to the basket is all predicated on dribbling from the perimeter to get to the basket. There's something, at some point in time, there has to be a, maybe where he catches the ball in the mid post where I only have to take two dribbles and I can be at the front of the rim before a double team comes. Or if they bring a double, at least you're doubling me from a mid-post-post post area, so when I throw the ball out, we can swing it around to get a shot. But if you double me from the perimeter, we're all on the perimeter. And I always say, you know, you know, the one thing I hate is positionless basketball. Because what happens is you just get everybody standing on the perimeter, right. which, clou- which crowds you to be able to do anything. So I think for him, it, for him, it's a matter of getting the ball in different areas of the floor where number one, you can see the difference, but lessening the amount of dribbles it takes for you to get where you want to go to. Right. For Desmond, is is continue to play a little bit more off the ball as much as you can, so that he can use screens to get open, so that defenses can't just say, "I see you dribbling down the floor." There, we know where you are, and and if that can happen, then maybe it gives him a chance to get an easier shot here. But it also, the other thing is, the other guys are gonna have to be confident, in that you gotta have more guys being able to create something. I think that's what this team is missing, some some other creators, to be able to make it a little easy for Dez, make it easier for Jaron, uh, make it easier for Santi, but just make it easier for yourselves and mm-hmm. that everything doesn't have to be such a struggle. The the one time we saw we saw we've seen them be good is when they play with a level of pace. When they do it, they they at least give themselves the option of getting good looks. You well, know, you make them all, you're not gonna make them all, but the more good ones you get, eventually you expect those to start to go down. And if they don't play with the pace, then they're limiting themselves in terms of what they can get accomplished in a half-court offensive game. What is what is there defensively that gives you hope it'll get better? Uh, defensively, if you, they they still are doing a good job of forcing turnovers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so and, and they've they've done a better job of not being beat by second chance points. So now if you're lessening possessions for the opponent and giving yourself more possessions, then that then your defense is doing its job. And I, and I think defensively, I mean, there's some little things we could say, oh, why they don't do that? But the overall, defensively, they, that's not been their issue. Right. 
issues that we just three straight games under 100 points. Can't win that way. Got to figure out a way to put the ball in the basket. And, and that's what I was saying earlier was how do you maximize the guys that you have right now? Like figuring out what they do well and how can I put you in that position, which is which is very hard. And then for the players, is you got to go out and be good. Mm-hmm. Like the, you, It's unfortunate that there, as many people are down. You can't just rely on, you know what, Ja will bail us out in this situation. We, we don't have that. And so that means it's, it's incumbent upon everyone to have to expect more of themselves. Yeah. Grizzlies will play Utah on Wednesday. But hold on, let me tell you one thing. The reality is we're still playing without John Morant, <laughs> Steven Adams, yep. Brandon Clark, yep. Luke Kennard, yep. Marcus Smart, yep. Xavier Tillman. Tillman. Yep. I mean, we, we, you, you, I just named six people that of those six, there's six of your top nine players. Yes. <laughs> and nobody can win that way. And, and, and again, I, you, I wouldn't expect this team to have won more games, many more games than what they have right now. Maybe a couple more games of, of what they if maybe they knew could that have was won. The deal? Maybe a couple more, but you know, this this is not this is very hard to win when you lose that amount of people in the NBA, bro. This is this is extreme. That's why we talk about that margin for error. Why it was so much harder on Taylor and his staff. This is going to be hell on Taylor and them to try to figure out how to win in the NBA. Without six of your top nine or ten players, that's that's hard as hell, dude. They, I mean, lineups that you've seen out there have been hustle lineups. I mean, they have. And I mean, from from point guard to to big man. I mean, they've been hustle line, and that's not in garbage time. That that's been in regular time, regular rotation. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, you never want to make excuses. But it's just the reality of the situation is you're, you have nine dudes on your injured list and two of them ain't coming back. So, yeah, it's a, it's hard going. Shout right out now. to Taylor you and his staff for having to no maneuver kidding. it all. But guess what? That's what we say. It's what you get paid for. Yeah. You yep. see what I'm saying? That's part of I the know. job. It's, 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 part, it's, it's part of why we do what we do. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, Marcus Smart. Addressed the team in a timeout. <laughs> yes, he did. In the game uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, called it embarrassing. And even pointed out that people pay good money to <laughs> watch them. And that they're embarrassing themselves. Um, good, bad. Good. like to see it. It didn't bother me one bit because, like I said, you don't expect this team to be uh, where, we, where we were, like where we've been in the past years because of who they don't have. But he he has seen his team compete and be in chances to win games, as we talked about from the beginning of the year. And just didn't see that same fire from them in these last couple of games in terms of an extended period of time. And as and being a leader, uh, you have to know when when your voice needs to be heard loudly or when it needs to be heard softly. And he felt like in that moment, with the way that things were going, uh, that it needed to be heard loudly. And I I, I got I take no issue with it because it's. It's the reinforcement of forget who we don't have. We still got a job to do. Mm-hmm. Like forget that you don't have this per that per not. So what? Like this is your chance to show why you're supposed to be in the NBA. Like that's that's what I would hope that all of these guys and why you would never take your foot off the pedal if you're one of these guys. If you want to be in the NBA for an extended period of time, I was one of those guys that had to work his ass off every moment of every year. 
It was never just handed to me. So I, so I, I, I'm one of those guys. And so if you're in this situation, work your ass off every day. You step on the floor. This shouldn't be a time where Marcus Smart has to come over to a huddle to, to, to talk about how hard you're playing, what your effort is. Like, it, it is not – it is a true blessing to be in this game. Yeah. And it can be taken away from you very quickly. Yeah, and we saw the leadership that the Grizzlies have uh, acquired with Marcus Smart and what he did last night, Derrick Rose, on Friday. Uh, look at how he's playing. If you, if you Derrick Rose, look at his his well, his you, level of play. You say it all the time that you know guys will listen to you as, as long as you're playing too. Yes, <laughs> and he's playing. He's playing. And uh, and he he said how the communication's a problem. Said that he's he said it over and over again, but it, it doesn't know when it'll resonate with the guys. Uh, but he said, until we do it, we're going to keep losing. And um, I, I just wanted to ask you, because I hear that a lot in the huddle, too. Coach saying, you know, we need to communicate, communicate. What all goes into what we call communicating? Uh, it, the biggest thing is, is, is just the recognition. You just want your teammate to know what's going on. <laughs> and sometimes you, you, sometimes you talk your way through a mistake sometimes. You, you avoid mistakes just by a little bit of conversation. And why coaches and the players that do it say it so much is because it lets everyone know that you're engaged. Mm -hmm. you're, you're ready to go. The, the, now, there are certain players who are quiet players. Derrick Rose himself was a quiet player. Right. So he had to learn how to get to this communicative state. Right. This wasn't his, this wasn't his forte. No. So what, what he's trying to get across to the young guys is, if you want to be good, if you want to have an opportunity, these are the steps, the things that you don't. You don't have to go. You don't have to start off where I was, and learn it in that way. I can tell you right now what would make us be a better team or help us be a better team. And so uh, I, I think, uh, as you said, to hear it from him, um, and the the biggest thing is it's just to let everyone know, to me that to, to, that you're you're in this. Like we're we're all engaged. Just. The chatter lets you know, I'm not going to mess up here. Watch out, watch your back. I've got you. And it covers up mistakes. A guy might make a mistake, but you can cover it up because at least we talked our way through it. Yeah. Um, I, I did notice because after hearing that from Derrick Rose and, and him talking about that on Friday, yesterday playing a really good defensive team in Minnesota, and I paid attention watching them when they were on the defensive end, and there was a lot of mouths moving yes. the, the entire time, and it was it was pretty impressive. I mean, led, led by a guy who I've never liked, Rudy Gobert. I mean, I, I've never been a big fan, but but he was the guy kind of leading it, and it was, it, was, it was interesting to watch when a defensive team is on a string um, – compared to when one is not. Yeah, and, it, 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 and a lot of it, if you have a good back-of-the-line defender, talker, like the grid, like the Grizz with Steven Adams was, was, is, is, is a good back-of-the-line back talker. Like, yeah. You need those guys to be able to let you know what's happening behind. Yeah. All right, teams uh, the Grizzlies faced this past week uh, started with the Houston Rockets. Uh, we saw the Rockets and saw – uh, Dylan Brooks, and first thing about the Rockets, they got Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Is that enough to make them? Because they were terrible. They were a terrible, terrible, poor Coach Silas because it was a disaster in Houston. To to being relevant now, not relevant, but what formidable. The other thing you do is you throw in there. They also got Ime Udoka. Yeah, yeah. So true. now, so now you have a guy who has 
uh, a track record. He's a guy. He's a guy that comes in with. Uh, he knows what he wants to get done, and then he has a persona about him when he walks into when he walks into the room. There's there's a charisma about him when he goes in, and he's demanding of what he wants to get done. It, he's almost a little old school, and that I'm not. I, I'll listen to you, but we're gonna get it done this way. Right. Uh, and so with with because of that that leadership from him, and then now you throw Fred Van Vliet is is I've always been a, a super fan of what he's been able to accomplish in the NBA. Uh, and then Dylan's attitude. Why would a gri- why did the Grizzlies have the swagger that they had all the way? A lot of it was because of Dylan Brooks. The way that he moved on the floor in terms of what he wasn't going to allow to happen, he stood up for a semen, just the bravado of which he played the game. It was infectious to the next person. Yeah. So they go down to Houston, he doesn't ch- it's no different. It's the same exact feeling of that he created in this in this instance, he created down in, in Houston. Now people are fine to play defense. Now the guys puffing their chests out, but it also put people in their right positions. Mm-hmm. Remember, Jalen Green was trying to play the point position for them. It's not his real role. His real role, he's a scorer, dynamic. Put the ball in his hands, let him create stuff. Fred Van Vliet allows him to do that. Yeah. They bring the big fella now just from not being on the bench. Now he's starting because he you saw what he's able to do last year. What's the fan? What's his name? Shingun. Shingun. Fancy feet. That's what I like to call him. Fancy feet. <laughs> they bring him in now, and now he's a, a load to handle on the inside. I, I just think they they brought they have an identity for what they would like to do to be good. Now, and those three those three uh, brought that identity. Yeah, interesting. Um, next one was Phoenix. All right, this goes back to our conversation earlier. <laughs> yes. yes, it does. I believe during the broadcast against the Phoenix Suns, you used the word superstar when it came to Devin Booker and, like, even made an argument for it. I don't remember the last time we had the superstar discussion, Devin Booker being in it. I, I, did I call him a superstar during I that believe game? I believe you did. Oh, did I say a superstar game? To me, I, he's an ele- if I said that I was I was in my I was in my moment, then I should not have said. Okay, to me, you may have been in your moment. He was a ele- he is he is an elevated star. Like he's one of those guys that's like, Ugh. like you want to I want to say it. Ugh. He's damn good, is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, he and, is something special, and, and he he is. Man, I I have always I've admired him because. He's done it in Phoenix. Like, no matter who's been around, what, like, he's never asked out. He just goes and plays every year in Phoenix, and he plays every year. Their teams are going to come to stop him every year, and he still kicks your ass. Right? I mean, okay, KD's taking the night off. Go get him, Devin. All right. I'll go get 40. But the thing I can play and, defense. He, and the, the facilitating that we've been able to see from him uh, this year. I think he's averaging nine assists a game at this point. So to see him go from, just pure score, give me the ball and make it happen to quasi point guard while still being able to score. And in the the type of shots that he was hitting against us, it it was it was beautiful to watch. And I, I mean, I, I listen, you know me, I'm grizzly through and through. But I literally sat back on my chair, crossed my arms and said, I'm just gonna sit back and watch this. I mean, he was hitting left, go left, pull up jump shots, go right, pull up jump shot, get to the basket, fading away at the three-point line, catch and shoot. He, he did he, 
every offensive move you want, and he did it so smooth. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was just everything. It was, it was, it was a joy to watch. I elevated star for him. He's right at that so, uh, so close. I want to say it. If I think if you had ten superstars, he'd be one. Uh, yes, of of the ten, yes. I think he would be on that list. Yeah. He, well, they, he I mean, was, they got two on one team. They, just, they, they, yeah. they put them in a, in a different space than anybody else. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, and then the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have the best record in the Western Conference. I was, I was just, I was impressed with the way that they, they're they're dialed in, and and they play basketball, and they play to win, and they play, they're they're good at it, no and, and they have. They throw five good guys out at you, yeah. and then bring in some other good guys too. I mean, they're they're good. They're they're better than what I would have thought. Think about this. I'm very happy with how Chris Finch has taken the Memphis Grizzlies blueprint to be su- as successful as they are. And why I say that is because he this goes back. Chris Finch. This has to be his fifth or sixth year mm-hmm. at, at this point. Yeah. You go back to our grit and grind days when we used to play two bigs. Nobody played two bigs. He's finally playing two bigs. Mm-hmm. Continues to play two bigs. And what he's done is, though, over his years, these last three or four years, is he's had such a dedication to the defensive side with those same players. And so they've gotten better defensively. And then they just added, well, Cat is playing. I think it's, this is one of his better offensive years. This is one of his best year, better years of him playing and, and being consistent about. But then they added Anthony Edwards. It was like, okay, we're going to be a better defensive team. We got these night pieces that fit exactly. They're, they're, they have the pieces that fit exactly what they want. With athleticism, they have size, uh, they have shooting, and then, and then last year it's like, you know what? Let's bring Mike Conley in. I was gonna say they have a point guard now. All right, so let's bring we bring now we bring Mike Conley in to run all of this. So what happened? In Houston, they bring in Fred VanVleet. Things change. Mike Conley goes to Minnesota. Things change. So I keep saying, you can tell me about positionless basketball all you want. You don't have a good point guard in today's basketball game. Your behind has no success. Yeah. By the way, shout out Mike Conley. Great to see Mike Conley last night. Yeah. It's always great to see him. Um, just a class dude. Said hi to his dad as well. Um, always great to see him too. Uh, it, it, it was cool. There was a. I, I haven't read it because I don't have a subscription. I usually get them. Free. Anyway, the athletic had a great <laughs> column. I read the first paragraph, and then that was it. <laughs> so you hit that subscribe to what's it called? But if you subscribe to the athletic, if you could read it and let us know what it's all about. But it sounds like, and talking to a couple people who did read it, it sounds like Mike Conley. It, it, I mean, the first paragraph talked about what made people fall in love with him in Memphis is the same reason people are falling in love with him in Minneapolis. And how difficult it was for Mike to move from Salt Lake City to Minneapolis when he didn't see that coming. Um, and it kind of had settled down in Salt Lake City. Uh, goes to Minneapolis and it was tough. But uh, how he has settled in and how he's done so much for the community and how the fans love him. And they call him Minnesota Mike now and all this other stuff. I mean, it, it's like I it put a smile on my face just knowing he's, he's, he's the, my favorite athlete I've ever covered. Well, second favorite athlete I've ever covered. To ever deal with. My first favorite is Kurt Warner. It was incredible. That's another story for another time. But Mike Conley is number two. I mean, he's – I'm happy to see him 
you know, feel at ease and feel at home somewhere because I know he felt that way in Memphis. All right, I'm happy that he's at a place where he can have success. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see him continue to have the opportunity to win. And, and it was it was great to see him. I mean, he, he, he looks as good as ever. Physically, no look great, man. Retire move. so we can retire your jersey. That's right, he's just, but he he, he move. He's he's moving great. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm with you. It was it was it was it was nice to see a little vintage Mike Conley. Yeah. So I throw the right hand lobs. Yeah. Uh, so so it was good. Like I said, you you don't. It, it's hard to win in this game without a good point guard. They went and got one. It's the reason why this team. I think a very like, underrated move. Good underrated. It's the reason why the Grizzlies have been good the last four years. We have arguably the best point guard in the game. Yeah, yeah. And so you, when when that happens, man, it just it, it changes your world. Yeah. All right. Uh, this week for the Grizzlies, uh, the Utah Jazz are up next. Now that seems good because they only have four wins this season. It's bad because two of their four wins have come against the Grizzlies. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> well, the one was because the offici- officials. Oh my Lord. Stole it from us, Brevin. They stole it. Don't get me started. I had, I had enough rants. I had enough rants that night. Taylor and I had enough rants that night. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But no, that'll be a, that'll be a, another opportunity to, like I said, to just get, stay as close to ten as possible. Mm-hmm. Just to have a real like you want to you want to have guys still playing for something. Yeah. And if you get too far out of ten before Jaws able to come back, I'm, I'm afraid, guys. You don't want. That's don't want guys to tune out. That's all. Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, Dallas. Dallas again. They're good. They're and good. Kyrie's and back it's on and, the road. And, and Kyrie's playing. And we and it's, it's in an arena that we, we just – just, just very little success for this team at American Airlines Center. And then we'll go to Phoenix where we have had some success. Because the sun. We always tell you all that. Phoenix to me – so I always say this. If I'm Phoenix, Lakers, Clippers – Orlando, Miami, uh, those te- those in particular, those five. Maybe eh, San Antonio is easy to win in San Antonio. Um, I never thought you would say that easy to win in San Antonio. Yeah, how about that? But that, but those places I say the weather. When you are a team that's in a good weather city, when other teams come there, especially from bad weather, it's like you get rejuvenated for the just to feel that sun, to sit outside, mm-hmm. and then you go play the game. Now you're excited to play the game. To me, they have the tougher home stretches because you don't get guys coming in just excited to play. Right. Now, Miami's a tough one because you might get people that was excited to go out. So it may work in your favor (laughs) the next night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then after that game, we don't know. Yes. Then there are a couple games that we don't know. We don't know where we'll be or what we'll be doing. But uh, two games after that. So we've got packing enough clothes maybe on our trip that we might not come back. Yeah. When do we find that out? Well, we think we'll find out. Today is Monday. Yeah. I think tomorrow. We'll find out tomorrow. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. All right. What else you got? Anything? Mm. What you watching on TV? Uh, Man, nothing. Just college football. That's it, really. I'm not. Oh, I've been watching The Rookie a lot because my daughter's watching it. It's a good show. A little cop show. I've heard. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I think I've heard of it. It's I'm, the dude from uh, the show. Uh, what was uh, what was the show? Uh, what was she? Castle. Oh, okay. The dude from Castle. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. ABC show. All right. Yeah. No, I'm on. Uh, I'm watching All American. All American. I, I watched it and I realized that I did that. I just stopped. I was a couple of seasons. I just did not see. Oh, and and I am watching Ted Lasso on the plane still. I'm still, still slowly going through that final season. I just got to uh, Keely and, and and her new friend. 
Oh, yeah. I remember that. Achilles <laughs> 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 a handful. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. For, and then I, I'm still Disney. On the, on the plane, I'm still Disney. Oh, family family business. BT show. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, we'll have more because we'll have, we'll have a normal. We haven't had a normal road trip yet. No, everything's been kind of funky. It's been one game or it's been like four days in a city. So it's been kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, normal trip. We'll get back to some TV and that we can share with you. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week. We will be back with you again next week here on Night Court. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you uh, listen and subscribe, rate. You can leave us messages, too. We love when we get messages. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, so you can do that. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us here on the program. For BK, I'm Fish. We'll talk to you again next week on Night Court. Peace.